Welcome to the School of Travel's podcast. I'm your host, Becky Gillespie, and each week I bring you stories of how travel can truly change your life if you take the chance to get out on the road and step out of your comfort zone. My guests also share travel tips and lessons they've learned along the way, which I hope inspires you to let travel be your teacher. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the School of Travel's podcast. It's so great to be back with you after I decided to take a spring break in April, and I now feel ready to give you many more amazing interviews with travelers from around the world. Today, I'm bringing you my third interview related to cryptocurrency, because I've got to be honest, I feel like with all this inflation that we're experiencing around the world, learning about crypto is even more important than ever. And my guest in this week's episode, Anya Schutz, definitely agrees. Now, you may ask yourself, what does cryptocurrency have to do with travel? Well, cryptocurrency is a form of money, and we all need money to travel. So Anya is going to explain how we can earn passive income in cryptocurrency and even find a new job in the cryptocurrency industry. If we have more money, we can have more freedom, travel, and well-being in general. So let's get right into Anya's story and hear the important message she has to share about the future of money and investing. Welcome to episode 72 of the School of Travels podcast. I'm excited today to bring you my third cryptocurrency-related episode, as I think it's something becoming more and more important in our lives. And I hope by the end of this episode with Anya Schutz, you're going to feel the same. Anya, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Becky. I'm really happy to be here. I'm excited for two women to talk crypto together. Yes, this is my first episode to do so. And I feel like we're often marginalized in general in finance, but especially in the crypto industry. Would you agree? Yeah. Yes, but also it's changing very fast. Uh, so there are so many women in crypto now. And I think um, the world out there still thinks that there are no women in crypto. And we also believe that. But I'm joining more and more communities and it's just, yeah, it's fascinating how many women as coders or investors or whatever are really getting into this new space. Yes, I'm so excited to talk about that more today. But Anya, first, can you give us a little bit of your background uh, and including how you got started with traveling as well? Yeah, so... um, so I'm German. That's where I originally come from. But I think I've lived outside of Germany for more than half of my life. Uh, first, I was really like moving countries. Like I lived in the Netherlands for a long time, in Ireland uh, for quite a bit. Uh, that was before I discovered digital nomads. I was just literally move countries, get a job, have a normal life there. And um like six or seven years ago, I moved back to Germany, to Berlin. I'm not from Berlin, but uh, Berlin is such an international city that I thought that's the only German place <laughs> that I would um, feel good in. And then, yeah, and I started traveling uh, or I kept on traveling. I mostly spent the winters in Thailand or in Bali or somewhere sunny. And then, yeah, just after. After the pandemic hit, I became an actual proper nomad, um, which is a bit paradox because most people were locked down and stuck in the places they lived at. And I, yeah, I packed my bags um, and started 
traveling. Yeah, started in Bansko that you also know, I think, and met lots of people and then traveled together with them. And yeah, for the last one and a half years, I think I've, I didn't have an apartment. I gave up my apartment in Berlin <laughs> and I just um, travel around mostly through Europe, though, at the moment and hopefully soon further away again. I didn't realize that Bonsko in Bulgaria was where you had started as a, as a nomad because, because that is where we met originally. Yeah. Yeah. I went there in October, 2020 and I just went there for one month because I thought I just want to get out and have fun for one month before the winter hits in Berlin, before the second lockdown wave. And yeah, so I went there on the 1st of October, 2020. And on the 2nd of October, I decided to stay or not go back. <laughs> I'm sure later you felt that was a good decision. It, I, I feel in Bulgaria, things yes. were much more free than in Germany. It's true, but it's also, I've, I feel like I met my people uh, because I've been looking for a home on this planet for as long as I can remember. And, but To, to meet people who are like me and to embrace the fact that I may not have a home as in a place, that is, I think, what uh, what got me and what made me give up my apartment in Berlin half a year later. And now the people are my home. Um, you know, I made really close friends. We decided to travel together or meet up in, in Tbilisi, in Istanbul or wherever, in Portugal. Um, and, uh, yeah, overlap a bit or really just rent a house together for a month or something. Um, so that is my new definition of home, I think. I love that. And I, I feel that a lot of people are starting to realize that as they get more location independent jobs. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And the pandemic really accelerated that in a strange way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and I think people are feeling now they do have this freedom this new freedom that came from it start that started from being locked down which is yeah such a, yeah. Such a <laughs> paradox yeah which also like created or accelerate or intensified the desire to be free like if you are confined in one space for weeks months you know contrast creates desire <laughs> so I think more people really really want to break out and be free and with zoom work now we can work from anywhere and i think every company has realized that also and especially in bansko they are actually most people have jobs because their companies now allow them to work from anywhere because they realize that it's possible so that's something i notice in bansko like in other places it's mostly entrepreneurs uh but in in this tiny village in in bulgaria <laughs> there are lots of freelancers and 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 people who actually are employed yeah yeah there's so many ways to do it now even from a mm. small town in bulgaria yeah <laughs> i would have never thought i would end up there <laughs> <laughs> well i'm glad you did because that's where we met and we learned that we both yeah. had the love of cryptocurrency in common And so I want to yeah. get into that now because I really want to like come away from this episode with people thinking that this crypto is something for them as well. It's not mm -hmm. this like, you know, this black box that, uh, and difficult concept that they'll never get. So I first want to ask you, like, how did you get into cryptocurrency originally? Um, I got into it around the time that I moved to Berlin. 
um, because I, yeah, I was moving countries. It was a big deal for me back then. And uh, I, I mean, on one hand, I was happy that I only needed my laptop. I think it was the first time that I became aware that I really was location independent. But I also thought, okay, who do I want to be in Berlin? What do I want to do? Do I want to, you know, I could recreate myself. That's how I felt back then. But as part of that, I looked, I took stock of all my finances because I thought, okay, if if I have the chance for a new start, how fast do I need to make money? What's my situation? How much money do I have? What actually about my pension plan and my future money? So I took um, stock of everything and I just realized a few things that I wasn't aware of before because I was always a good money manager and a good saver. But first of all, I realized I didn't get any interest in the bank anymore. I didn't get rewarded for saving anymore. Um, and that was like, yeah, six or seven years ago. In the meantime, we have negative interest rates. Um, and we, it's actually costing us money to, to keep it, to keep our savings in the bank. Plus we have inflation. So saving is not smart anymore. So this is something that uh, I realized back then. If I keep my money in the bank, it's just going to get worth less and less and less. And the other thing was <clears throat> that I realized that the pension plan that I had set up when I first started my business, like which I thought was a responsible thing to do to take care of my own pension, because when you're self-employed, you are not paying into the state pension plan anymore. Um, yeah, I looked at that and I realized it wasn't going anywhere. So all the numbers that they promised me once I'm 65 or whatever, um, I was already a few years into that and it hadn't grown at all. And I was paying like 600 euros or something in fees every year that I didn't know this before. <laughs> so there were those two things that I realized I saving is stupid. We have to become investors in this world now to, to preserve our wealth or to grow our wealth over time. And for a German who has been raised to always save money, that was really a big um, mind shift for me. So I enrolled in an investment and trading course. Uh, luckily, I'm really good with money, uh, good with numbers. I really like dealing with this, uh, these kind of things. So I enjoyed this course, but it was like a traditional one about stocks and like trading stocks, whatever. But I learned, you know, how to read trading charts. Um, and I really enjoyed that. Um, but I never felt really comfortable putting my money in this system in this, yeah, our current money system, which I learned so much about in this course that really made me cringe. And like, <laughs> the, the truth is that none of us really know how our money system works. And so I got a glimpse into that in that course. And at the same time, someone, a fellow student asked about Bitcoin in this course. And the, and the trainer, he was so against it and he was like no don't touch bitcoin and it's way too volatile and too dangerous and and i thought but we are traders we like volatility i mean <laughs> we need volatility in order to make money so if, if if it's a flat line i mean we don't we don't gain anything so i i looked into bitcoin back then because i also thought i had heard this name before what was bitcoin bitcoin and um 
Yeah, and that was pretty much the yeah, the beginning of the end for this course, uh, <laughs> this particular trading course, but also the beginning of my journey into this rabbit hole that is crypto because um, I put a little bit of money in Bitcoin back then and I had such a different experience and much faster gains uh, back then that I was so excited and I shared this in the course and um Yeah, the, the, the trainer, the, as soon as I posted this, he kicked me out. <laughs> What? <laughs> because, yeah, because he had warned everyone against it. And here I was, and I was like, wow, you should look into cryptocurrencies. And it's, it's much more dynamic and much more fun. <laughs> I mean, I get him a little bit. He tried to protect his students. And, you know, in 2016, it was still, uh, I mean, the big boom was I think end of 2017 when Bitcoin went to 20,000 that really everyone and their mother had heard about it. But that was like a year, one and a half years earlier. And uh, no, it's not true. I actually, I started researching Bitcoin in 2016, but I actually bought my first Bitcoin uh, in the beginning of 2017. And um, like for $900, I on, on Bitcoin's birthday, on the 3rd of January, I bought my first Bitcoin. I didn't know it was Bitcoin's birthday back then. <laughs> and yeah, for $900. And then a month later, it was worth $1,100. Some, and I couldn't believe that I just made $200 like, by doing nothing, you know, and like passive income also was a whole new concept for me. And and then I took those $200 out that I had in profit. I put it in another cryptocurrency. Then a month later it was $500 worth. And I was just so in shock and fascinated. Um, and I was sitting in a hammock in Thailand when that happened. <laughs> And, uh, and I remember there was a, a woman at the beach and she was like, wow, what's happening on your phone? You, something really exciting seems to be happening on your phone. Because I kept refreshing my wallet and <laughs> stared at it in disbelief. And I told her, yeah, I found cryptocurrencies. And, uh, and then she became my first um, student or client to teach this. Um, it was a woman in her 50s who had never heard of this who was a bit, you know, um, not exactly a digital native. Um, so, yeah, so this was my journey, the, the whole beginning, which was mainly for the money, which is, I think, true for most of it. We get into Bitcoin uh, for, the, for the money part. But then, of course, I kept studying and looking into it. And now I'm, yeah, and I'm, I think I'm a true Bitcoiner for the decentralization, the freedom and everything. And yeah, I, I've had, uh, if you stick through a whole bear market, uh, when most people disappear that they're, that were in only for the money, then, then you know who's really, who gets Bitcoin or the, the freedom aspect of Bitcoin, I would say. So, yes, that was a long answer. <laughs> oh, but then, you know, you, I know, got really into it and you ended up working for Web3 companies and yes. I, I know Exodus Wallet and Polkadot. Yeah. Can you share a little bit about your experience working for those companies? Yeah, yeah. So once I really got Bitcoin, um, I was like, I dropped everything because I really felt like I found my thing, you know, and I 
don't want to do anything anymore that is not aligned with this. Um, I, I wanted to contribute in this world, you know, because Bitcoin was such a small baby still back then. It still is for most people uh, who don't know about it yet. And it's new and it's disrupting the world, but it's making the world better. And I just wanted to be fully immersed in that and help uh, in whatever way I could. So my background is in operations management, customer service um, management. So I, um, uh, it took about, I think, three years uh, in which I wasn't making any money because I was so, I had <laughs> um, put out such a big um, um, like statement. It was like I said to the universe, I don't want to do anything else anymore. I'm only going to work in crypto. But yeah, it took three years before that happened. And I started working for the Exodus wallet, really going back to the root. Like I, I started at the bottom, basically, in a totally normal uh, customer service job. But for a blockchain, um, for a crypto wallet, it really meant that I that I got a crash course in all the blockchains that were out there back then, or all the assets that you could hold in um, in Exodus. Um, so I had to learn how Ripple works, which I had no interest uh, before, <laughs> or uh, Dash, Ethereum, Monero, all of these assets that you could hold in the Exodus wallet. I really got a crash course in them because I had to respond to customer requests um, all day long. So that was really a fast track for my technical. I, I understood Bitcoin before from a philosophical point of view, but this really gave me like also technical knowledge. So I did this for half a year or seven months or something, got paid in Bitcoin, which was also super special. And um, um, yeah, and then when I left, I um, started working for Web3 Foundation in Switzerland where I really did my normal job that I had before, which was setting up customer support departments as an operations management consultant. So they had a token sale in 2020 in the summer. So this is when they hired me to set up basically support department for all the investors and then later for the token holders and um, again, wallet support, helping them <clears throat> navigate the wallets that Polkadot and Kusama had and um, uh, and stake and and so on. Yeah, so that's been uh, my background. At the same time, I also had private clients like this first lady that I met at this speech in Thailand, um, which is mainly mainly women, ninety percent women, and also mostly uh, people who are not well-versed in who don't sit in front of a computer every day who think they are not so good with finance who think they are not so good with tech and who you know appreciate someone who holds their hands and uh, as they buy their first bitcoin and uh, store it in a non-custodial wallet you know what are private keys how do i keep them safe and so on so yeah that's been my journey Wow. I think you've also shown with the story how there are so many different jobs that you can actually get in the cryptocurrency industry once you yes. start researching on your own and you get that passion for not just Bitcoin, Absolutely. but so many different assets out there like you just described yes. a few. 
Absolutely. And that's something actually that I want to focus on going forward now, because I realized that people um, like how to find a career or, or move your career into Web3, into blockchain, because people have this um, idea that um, you either need to be a developer or a YouTube influencer in order to work in crypto. <laughs> And of course, that's not true. All the jobs um, that we are used to, whether it's like operations management, customer support that I'm doing, or HR, PR, marketing, whatever, all these jobs are needed in this new world as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm hoping to create some product to help people um, move their career over because there's a huge demand, especially also because so many jobs many people will lose their jobs or clients possibly because it's going to be disrupted by blockchain or automated with smart contracts whatever so i think for people who are looking for a secure career um they should look into blockchain and and get in now when it's still so new um i, I think blockchain developers are the highest paid people on the planet right now um But anyone, as I said, in any job can move their career over in this new space. Yeah, this space is still, as you said, so new that it's so welcoming. I've I found it to be a very welcoming community, um, no matter your age, no matter your background. If if you're enthusiastic about this space, people are ready to to take you on in any capacity. I actually was just at the Bitcoin Miami conference um, at the beginning yes. of April. And I had this funny, I had this funny thing happen. So I'm a proofreader as my main job at the, still at the moment. Mm. And a guy saw me wearing a Bitcoin T-shirt from a conference that we had both been at a month before in Las Vegas. And he said, mm. "I know you went to that conference." And he literally like was handed. He's like, "Call me. Let's talk about getting you a job with proofreading in, in the crypto industry." And I'm like, wow. "What? You just saw a T-shirt? Yeah. <laughs> like you didn't even know my name?" So. It's yeah. it's really um, they're they're desperate in the industry right now to just fill spaces and there's so much you can do. So this is not just yeah. a talk about investing and making money. This is about like you just said your your future career and get started early and you'll have even more opportunities. Exactly, exactly. And uh, I think this used to be a little bit different when like a few years ago, but now and especially in in in-person events like just happened to you because this I mean the whole space is sort of like a community and everyone who really is enthusiastic about it wants to bring more people into the community and grow it so that's why everybody is so excited when they need, meet someone who's also interested in this or when they see someone with a t-shirt you know you immediately have something in common and then they want to help yeah so I have to ask you, Anya, let's get back to like the basics here for people listening. They keep hearing all these terms that you're using and they mm -hmm. may not understand. First of all, why should people be so excited about Bitcoin? What is Bitcoin and why are when people hear about it and learn about it, do they get so excited? Would you say? Mm. I mean, for me, Bitcoin really is a tool to create more freedom in the world uh, for for each individual, but also for nation states. Like this morning, I just found out that we have a second country in the world that that um, made Bitcoin legal tender, uh, the Central Republic of Africa. I didn't know that before. And so I think Bitcoin is easier to understand for people who 
are living in development countries or where their money doesn't really work. So in the West, we have this privilege that um, we don't have a... So people only start, are motivated to look into Bitcoin when they have a problem that Bitcoin can solve. So in my case, I noticed, okay, my pension plan, everything is not going anywhere. So I was looking for a solution to that. This is uh, how I came to Bitcoin. Um, yeah, people in Africa who are completely uh, excluded from the financial system, for them, a peer-to-peer um, payment system that they don't need to that they don't need a bank for that is maybe miles away or that they need ID cards for which they don't have or whatever is, is a big solution to be included in the financial system. And for nation states, like we saw with El Salvador and now with the Central African Republic is the same thing. So our Bitcoin solves the things that are wrong with our current money system in several different ways. And for me, it's a solution, like for me personally, it's a solution uh, against um, inflation and losing money in the bank, yeah, and growing my, because Bitcoin has a finite supply. And I mean, okay, there, I think we don't need to go into the real details, but for me, it's a, it's a solution for, for economic freedom, um, uh, for self-sovereignty, self-determination. Um, yeah, that's it in a nutshell, I would say. And the fact that it grows my savings is is a really nice side effect uh, in the meantime. In the beginning, it was the number one problem I wanted to solve, but now I see it as a nice side effect because freedom is my highest value in life. And even if Bitcoin would go down to a dollar, <laughs> I would still uh, value the freedom it provides. Right, because it can't just be more Bitcoin can't be created out of thin air like all of these governments are trying to do. And so your your like limited supply of of the Bitcoin, which, you know, can be I don't know if people realize that like there's fractions of Bitcoin and, you know, we can Mm -hmm. all even if we have less than one, we have, you know, that will still grow in value with this idea of the fixed supply. So. Yeah, exactly. we can get our financial freedom, as you were saying, and control the yeah. money ourselves anytime we can send money anytime, uh, any hour of the day to anyone very quickly. So exactly. And I think especially for nomads or travelers, I think this also got highlighted uh, just now with the war in uh, in the Ukraine, um, where, when people, you know, had to Actually, uh, I was in Bansko when this started, and I remember one day we all we couldn't get a taxi because all the taxis uh, were used by all the Russians who were on on their winter holidays in Bansko and who suddenly had to get back to Russia as fast as possible because they couldn't access their money anymore. The ATM wouldn't give them money, so they all had to fly home immediately. But of course, everyone who had crypto in their own control, in their own non self-custodial wallets, you know, you can access this anytime, but as long as your money is with a third party, they can revoke access to you whenever they want. So that is, that's why I'm always saying true financial freedom doesn't exist in our current traditional money system because all our digital money is with a third party, whether it's a bank or whatever. So the only money that we truly own is the physical cash in our physical wallet. 
And um, of course, we have limits in how much we can keep in there. So, and this is the freedom. The freedom of cash is what Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies give back to us. Yeah, that um, it really is in our own wallet. If we choose to, of course, we can also keep Bitcoin in exchanges or whatever. Um, but the true financial freedom happens when you fully control your funds in your own wallet with your private keys. And um, that's very new, but it's not difficult uh, to learn. Yes. And I think that, you know, there are a lot of people don't realize there's credit cards that are connected with your cryptocurrency and your wallets on those credit cards. So I would hope that if a, a Russian had had one of those credit cards, they would have been able to use it still in Bonsko because they were using cryptocurrency. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't know if I, I guess that would work. Um, but even you can, um, I mean, in Bansko, in many places in the world, there are crypto communities, you know, um, and people can just say, hey, I have some Bitcoin that I want to sell uh, for cash. And people meet everywhere to do that. I met a guy in Bansko, I mean, in a 12,000 people, tiny town who lives completely off crypto who doesn't have a bank account, nothing. So it is possible. It's not, of course, I wouldn't choose that yet at this point because it is a hassle or can be a hassle. But the hardcore Bitcoiners, um, they do that and it is possible. So Anya, do you think I'm too late? If I'm listening to this now, am I too late into Bitcoin if I start now? Because I heard that it, you know, it got pretty high in price and, you know, am I... Yeah, like, is there still time for me to make money from this and protect my savings? Yeah, my personal opinion. So there are two answers to this. Are you too late to make money? Who knows? My personal answer uh, opinion is no, absolutely not. Um, the other question is, are you too late to increase your personal freedom? Never. You know, with Bitcoin being the, this... Uh, most uh, prominent tool that gives us personal freedom or financial freedom, it doesn't matter what the price is. Um, so I wouldn't get into, okay, how can I phrase this? Many people do get into Bitcoin for the money, as I just said, including myself, but it shouldn't be the only reason. Um, because if you're only getting into Bitcoin just to trade or take profits, whatever, um, yeah, the price goes up, the price goes down. <laughs> if you have uh, a long enough uh, time horizon, as they say, if, if, if you have no, if you don't need the money now, I believe you will always um, profit long term because just because of the, the finite supply of Bitcoin, which is in such a stark contrast to the endless money printing and devaluing of all the fiat currencies, not just the dollar or the euro, or well, actually they are not even that much affected yet. We do have uh, inflation, but if you look at Turkey or Lebanon or Argentina, I mean, we have all of these examples of countries that have super high inflation. And uh, I think most of us in the West or outside of those countries, we think, yeah, the euro and the dollar are too big to fail and this can never happen, but it's not true. Um, so this is why I believe it's never too late to invest or put your money or energy 
into a new money system that can solve this regardless of what the price of one of those coins will be. Yeah, and as we said, learning about how it works is could even end up being more valuable for you than just putting money into it. You could do both, but if you get a job in the industry just because you understand how it functions, you could make more from yes. that and be paid in a in Bitcoin or another cryptocurrency and end up having more in the end. Exactly, exactly. That's when I that's what I did when I worked for Exodus. Um, I got paid in Bitcoin every month. I took out, oh, and, and Bitcoin was like 5,000 or six, between five and 9,000, I think, uh, during the time I worked there. And I saved as much as I could every month. I only exchanged into euros what I really needed to live uh, every month. And, uh, and at the end, I had the whole Bitcoin saved, you know, and some people, they're like, they will never own one. I, I see posts on Reddit. And the the worst thing that can happen for some of it is that they will never own a whole Bitcoin in their lives. And, um, um, and I mean, that's true for most people because there are only 21 million Bitcoin. So I'm just saying it is very, very beneficial to to work for crypto companies or to yeah move your career into that space. Um, which can have a nice financial benefit. Okay, let's talk a little bit about women with crypto. How do women resonate with crypto, would you say? In my experience, very well. Um, and the reason is that, so I work, so my private clients are mostly spiritual people who traditionally have a problem with money not you know charging enough for their services or they, they think they have a problem with money my belief is they do not have a problem with money they have a problem with the money system and when I explain to them how bitcoin works and how you know the whole shared economy and um, these new token models where Everyone benefits, um, which is so different from our current money system, where the money just rolls up to the 1% um, and creates such a huge inequality gap. When I explain this to these women, they get it. And, and uh, it's just fascinating to see that, that <laughs> they, and also they are better invest. Okay. This is a very general statement, but in my experience, they are better investors than men. <laughs> Why um, do you think so, Anya? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I don't know if that's of course generally true, but whenever I'm talking uh, with men about investments in crypto, they all have so many war stories to tell. I call them war stories where they say how much money they lost in crypto. And, and it's like they're, they're bragging with their failures or I, I don't know. It's something women don't do that. Men are very all or nothing. They go all in to something or they go all out. Um, I, Again, I'm noticing how I'm generalizing. I do not want to generalize uh, because, of course, in, on an individual basis might be different. But um, this is just yeah, my experience from being in crypto communities, um, hanging out with... Uh, in, because in the beginning, it was only men when I first started. Yeah, There were very few women. 
And uh, they just talk about how much money they lost just by bad investment decisions. And honestly, none of the women that I have worked with, let's put it this way, they are much more cautious. They do not put all of their money in. And when, when um, you know, when they sell, when they take profits, they do not sell everything <laughs> because it might still go higher after you sold. So, and also I have to say from um, one of the things that I'm super proud of is that none of my clients has ever lost money. And that is not so much from a trading uh, or investment perspective, um, but also really from a, a safety point of view, like keeping your private keys safe, avoiding that you get hacked or whatever. Uh, so I place a lot of importance on, on how not to lose your coins. Yeah. So I don't teach trading. I only show people how, how they can um, invest and, and share a few principles of my own strategies. Um, but yeah, I, my, my biggest goal is that people do not lose their money, whether it is by, by emotional selling or by losing their private keys. That's an incredible track record and hope that continues. Um, I, I, yeah, speaking of, it is, there are a lot of scams in the crypto industry, both with Bitcoin and, and so many of the different coins. Do you have a few mm -hmm. quick tips on how to avoid getting scammed or just, you know, as you're, because it could be really disheartening if you, if it happens right when you get in. Yeah. And they get so sophisticated scams uh, and also having worked for two wallets by now I know how much money people lose every single day and a lot is due to uh, due to scammers so one thing that people do so the number one uh, thing I can only recommend is if someone contacts you asking you for money or whatever or, or, or promoting a giveaway or whatever always double check the the source you know, make sure that you are really like, for example, I worked for Polkadot and suddenly there's a website called polkagif.com or something. And like most of the, the projects in the Polkadot um, ecosystem have some sort of name that starts with Polka. Yeah. Um, Polka Startup, Polka Dex, whatever. So suddenly there's a website called polkagif.com. It's a beautiful website. It has all the branding. It has a picture of the founder, Gavin Wood. And yeah, and they say, oh, we are giving away so many dot. And all you have to do is uh, send any amount or whatever of dot or Ethereum, whatever. And we sent you three times back, 10 times back or whatever. And, you know, people think, oh, yeah, anything is possible in the crypto space. But, of course, as the saying goes, some things that sound too good to be true are too good to be true. So whenever someone asks you to send money, just run away. <laughs> because transactions on the blockchain are irreversible. So the moment you have sent money to someone, unless they send it back to you, you will never see the money again. And, of course, so people fall for this, they send $100, $10,000, whatever, because they think this is the, this chance of a lifetime. And then, of course, they don't get the money back and then they contact customer support. Then they ask, is this real? 
And so I'm, I'm getting all these emails and I'm wondering why didn't you check before whether this is real or not? Why do you check it only after you send the money? But there is something psychological, I think, that happens to us when we, we are presented with, with these kinds of once in a lifetime opportunities. And some people are very vulnerable or they are in a situation where They are desperate for money and they just don't think in that moment, uh, which I do have a lot of compassion for um, because it could happen to any of us when, when we, I mean, some of those websites, it's just, you can't tell the difference anymore unless you really go and check on Twitter. Okay. Are they announcing a giveaway or, you know, you need to check lots of different sources. Of course, telegram groups are really also big um, um, places where, where there are lots of scammers, especially in DMs. And the people who fall for it are always the vulnerable ones. Like say you ask a question in a Telegram community and then like you are asking for help with something and then you get a direct message from someone who says, hi, I'm working for this project and I can help you and just enter your 12 words here in this website and Yeah, you should never do that. And maybe some of your listeners, they don't even know what the 12 words are, which is the uh, your private key, basically, for your funds, which you should never reveal. It's called private for a reason. And so there are many things that are easy to fall for. Uh, like I've written a whole a whole book, I was going to say. It's an ebook. It's short, but... It's just on this subject, how not to fall for scams, how not to lose your private keys, how to keep your computer clean uh, from um, malware uh, that might hack your wallet and so on. Um, once you know these things, it's not scary, uh, this, this space. It's just really new. And whenever you, it's like when you travel, when you enter a new country, you need to, No, where are the safe places that I can go to? Do I need any vaccinations against diseases, whatever? This is something we naturally do. And this is something we have to do also when we start journeying into crypto. Um, it's not difficult. It can be safe. We just need to know how to keep ourselves safe. Thank you for that. How can beginners get started? You know, once they're, they're learning about how to set themselves up safely, what's the best way? Um, well, I, not to promote myself here, but this is why I wrote this ebook because it's like, I don't know, it takes 45 minutes to read or something and you really have all the basics. And of course, all this, everything I'm sharing in this email, in this ebook is out there. But when you don't even know what to look for or what to ask for, it's very hard and takes a lot of time to, um, to find this information. And that's why most people, From my experience working for wallets, most people first have to go through an experience of losing money before they realize, wow, this is really important. I, I shouldn't just care about how to buy Bitcoin and how to make money. The most important question is how to keep it, how to keep it safe and not lose it. Um, because many people who who um, install their first self-custodial wallet. So self-custodial wallet is basically like your physical wallet. Yeah, it's on your phone, it's on a hardware device or on your computer. 
it's several di different options, but self-custodial means that you have full control over your funds and you cannot call a help desk when you when you lose it. Um, so most people who, who install their first wallet, they are not aware that there's no help desk because it looks like any other app that they install. And when you cannot log in anymore, you just reset the password or call the help desk. But crypto works different. Like when you works, when you lose your physical wallet uh, on the street or whatever, you also don't call your bank and ask to be reimbursed for the money that you lost. So this is exactly the same uh, in crypto. And it just requires that you learn how to handle this, which anybody can learn. It's not difficult. It's just new. That's what I always say. And that's why all the women, I mean, all the women who I've been teaching who are in their 50s or even 60s, if they can understand it, <laughs> anyone can understand it. Yes, it's just an extra level of responsibility. We're not used to worrying about it because the bank was worrying about it, but they were also taking away the value of our money by being in that financial system. Now we have to take control. So understandably, we might have to take on a little bit more work ourselves to protect ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's, uh, totally, yeah. it's totally fine to promote yourself. What is the name of your ebook? It's called How to Stay Safe in the Crypto Space. <laughs> I will put a link to your ebook in our show notes, and it sounds like a great place to go to start. Um, so after reading this ebook, um, is there anything? We haven't talked about other coins very much besides mm -hmm. Bitcoin. Is there mm -hmm. anything else that you think people should look into um, or should they? do you think they should start with Bitcoin? Mm -hmm. I think it's a good idea to start with Bitcoin because this is how everything started. And it depends why you join this space. Like if you're like me and you're looking for wealth preservation or growing your wealth over time and you're not in a hurry, then I would always, um, yeah, my first choice would always be Bitcoin. Um, so And it's hard to give recommendations. Like I have worked for Polkadot, so I am invested in Polkadot. I love Polkadot and what they do. Uh, but it's simply because I know more about this particular blockchain and asset than any other ones. And um, so Ethereum, of course, so Polkadot does something similar as Ethereum. Is Ethereum was the first one and has now lots of competitors. Uh, I have not researched any of those competitors as much as I have researched Polkadot. Um, so they might all be much better than Polkadot, but I have my money on Polkadot because I understand it. So I think when you put your money in something, make sure it's something that you understand and or believe in. I mean, you can also believe in something without understanding all the nitty gritty details. Yeah, We also step into airplanes and trust them and believe that they will take us to the destination without actually understanding the physics of how they stay in the air. So what I would um, suggest people to do is maybe start, like look at sites like CoinGecko or CoinMarketCap and just look at the top 10 because there might be a reason why they are in the top 10, but also check out the top 10 of five years ago or six years ago, 
which look completely different. So the only two assets that have consistently been in the top 10 and especially in the top two places are Bitcoin and Ethereum. So if someone would like to play it safe, I would maybe suggest to put their money in those two and and then just yeah check out the other ones in the top 10 but be aware that the top 10 or eight out of the top 10 keep changing every couple of years um and the ones that are right now in the top 10 might just be the latest hype uh, nft platforms or or defi or ethereum competitors but which ones actually stay long term um, yeah, nobody knows. We will see. But Ethereum and Bitcoin just have the longest track record so far. Yes. And it's all about the research. Like you were saying, if you yes. find the name of a, of a coin or a token, <laughs> look as deep into it as you can. And it's really important that the teams behind these coins or tokens are visible. Their names are out there and you can look into them accordingly. If, if someone is, if, if there's an anonymous team, that is a huge red flag that they could just take your money at any time and abandon the projects that they're working on. So I think the top 10 is a very good place to start. But as you said, it's always changing. So you need to, when you get involved with cryptocurrency, you need to be dynamic with your research. Things are always changing very quickly. Very true. And just to add to that, what you just said is true, except for Bitcoin. Because, of course, we don't know who the founder and the team behind Bitcoin is. but we And so every other team... is actually more like a startup. And and the fact that we know who the creators are can also be a risk. Like, for example, if Vitalik would leave Ethereum or like in my case with Polkadot, if Gavin would, I think most people trust in Polkadot or any of these new uh, chains or projects because of their founders. So if their founders suddenly would either leave the project or die or whatever, it may have a huge impact on on the value of the token price or on the whole project. Um, so I would see, I actually see most or all of them like, like startup companies, like you would invest in a business. And that's why it's true what you say, look at the team and everything. But I would always decouple this from Bitcoin because Bitcoin is some sort of different organism <laughs> that came about organically. Um, and everything else is is like a startup, like a business. That's how I see it. And when you buy their token, yes, you can use it for things, but it's actually sort of like a like you would invest in stocks. I see it the same way. And thank you for making that point. Um, so I think as a traveler, as people looking to, you know, continue to have freedom in the world, um, Bitcoin can also, and crypto in general, can provide you with passive income as it's growing in value. And, um, you know, there's there's so many places you can go with this. But um, I think we've, we have a really good place to start from this interview. So thank you for all of this information. Thank you. And you just reminded me of something since you mentioned uh, passive income. On my website, I have a page called Free Crypto, which is public. So I don't even ask for your email address, whatever, and where I'm collecting all the ways I'm finding that people can start completely for free without uh, risking any of their own money. 
um, whether it is blogging platforms where you can earn crypto um, instead of likes, <laughs> or it is just apps that you can put on your phone or whatever that pay you small amounts of Bitcoin. Um, this is, I think, also a great way to start either for people who are still super skeptical about this new space or people who simply have no money to invest. Um, so I'm, this is a page where I keep adding to whenever I find something new that I really encourage people to check out. Um, I have made substantial amounts of money from free from these free uh, apps and, and ways. Yeah. Oh, so like the Brave Browser. Yeah. So where can we go? Yeah. On your website? Is it on your so main website? On my, on my main website, Um You will see, when you go there, you will see in the menu a page called Free Crypto. Okay, I'm going there now, Anya. <laughs> <laughs> right after this interview. That sounds great. And all all of the links will be in our show notes. Um, that also makes me remember one other thing I want to touch on. So you mentioned at the beginning that you were looking at your pension and how it wasn't growing. And I, and I wanted to ask you about the opportunities now for crypto investing with a pension. Is that possible now? Um, I know that several pension funds um, are starting to allocate small amounts, like 1%, 2% into Bitcoin. But there are also, um, okay, Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies. Um, there's also um, someone uh, called Simon Dixon uh, who teaches, uh, it's called pensionplanb.com, I think who teaches how to create your own, like really a proper pension plan. Like for me, my whole reason to be in Bitcoin is, I call it an alternative pension plan, but I don't have like a proper plan in place. I just, you know, buy it and store it and keep it. Um, but um, this is an American guy. So anyone who is used to like the American way of how pensions work, um, he is teaching how to do this all with Bitcoin, Ethereum and staking stable coins. And like, um, it's a very smart way. I took his course. I found it a bit too much and too, um, yeah, too much. <laughs> Plus I'm not used to the American system. Um, but uh, that might, for people who really want to do that, might be a great uh, place to look into. But yeah, like the, the pension plans, investing in crypto or any institutions, um, I think this year is really the, the year where we hear more and more about this, that that institutions really do that, which yeah. is very exciting. And I can't wait to see this reflected in the Bitcoin price. <laughs> yes, I know countries are going at their own pace with this, but the U.S. has a lot of investment vehicles now where you can invest it with your Roth IRA um, there's a company called mm. iTrust Capital for one that have a lot of ads out there. Um, and also actually this week, Fidelity Investments, which is a huge, very established uh, brokerage in the U.S., they are now going to start allowing their customers to invest with cryptocurrency. So that was actually one of the biggest announcements in crypto this week for the U.S. Wow. Wow. Great. Yeah. I love hearing these news. Um, I mean, for me, it's less important because I do everything in a self-custodial way, but I love hearing this because it needs to be made easy for people um, and ideally in a way that they already use. So if if Fidelity or like um, 
what are they? A, a, a insurance or like a, a pension plan provider? A financial yeah. brokerage, yeah. And they do provide so they IRAs are, and investment, retirement investment vehicles as well. Yeah. So if uh, this is great because people already have their pension plans uh, with them. And so now they can just add crypto to it in probably the exact same way. Like nothing changes for them. They don't need to worry about private keys and stuff. This is great. I love hearing these um, these news. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing there to mention is that if you allow a company like Fidelity to handle your IRA, you know, I am not sure if you're you're probably not going to have, as you said, your own private keys. So you're going to have to trust yeah. them to take care of your crypto. Exactly. It's all about trust in the end. Either you trust the third party or you trust yourself. This is the biggest decision you have to make when you when you start dealing with crypto. Yeah. Well, thank you for all of this information today, Anya. If people want to find you, or is there any anything else that you'd like to tell the listeners about for with your own crypto classes or um, YouTube, anything like that? Um, yeah, I have YouTube. I have a website. So I this free crypto page, I think, is a great place to, to start or my website to find me. I also have, a, <clears throat> if people do want to give me their email address, <laughs> they can sign up for a free one-week introductory course on really the basics of Bitcoin. Why is it even there? How did it start it? And why should we care or not? Um, and I also have a small Patreon group. So I do have private sessions um, for people who, who need that. Not everybody, like people who are used to the digital world, they can just Google things and teach themselves. That's also how I did it. Uh, but for people who just want a little more handholding, I do, I give private sessions. Um, and then I have a Patreon group um, where people can just ask questions whenever they they have one, like... <laughs> I don't want anyone to just book a session with me and pay money just to ask a simple question. So that's why I created this group where I'm always there and people can can get second opinions on scams or or ask about how do I do this with the private keys again or how do I set up a hardware wallet and all. It's sort of like a help desk a little bit. Um, that's the goal of this Patreon group. Yeah. Nice, nice. Okay, well, thank you again so much, Anya. I'm glad that we were able to thank share you. this really valuable information with my listeners. Thank you. It was really nice chatting with you. Thanks, Becky. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Anya and found her story as inspiring as I did in terms of why it is so important to start learning about the future of money and investing and how it all fits together. I love that Anya has provided us with free and easy access to get started with her ebook and a list of ways that you can earn passive income through cryptocurrency. I will put all of the links to Anya's resources along with the link to her website and YouTube channel on theschooloftravels.com so you can get started right away and reach out to her with your questions. If you have any questions or other topics that you'd like to hear about, feel free to leave us a comment on my website or the School of Travel's Instagram. Until next time, listeners, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay tuned. Thanks for listening to the School of Travel's podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you get your podcasts. Special thanks to The Sam Chase for allowing us to use their song, In a Perfect World. 
Don't forget to join us next week for another episode, and remember to always let travel be your teacher. If you keep your options open, there are places you will go. They will treat you like the kings and queens your parents thought you'd be when you were born. You'd see it all with your head up standing tall, and you'd look back and think it's funny how you spent your time and money in this world. Living in this perfect world.